The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I want to talk about one of the biggest hindrances to receiving from God. So I've entitled this message, Are You Trapped by Your Tongue? And it's not going to be as uh, we talk about the tongue, and we are going to talk about the tongue this morning, but the Lord wants me to speak on the tongue in a different way. In Proverbs 6, 2 in NIV, he says, You have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. And the King James Version says, Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. And you might be thinking, What does that mean, trapped by my tongue? Saints, it put, to put it simply, the devil has been using your own words to trap you. He is so subtle that most of the time you aren't even aware that it's him. You think it's your thoughts, you are thinking that it's your words, when it's not your words, it's not your thoughts, it's Satan putting those words and thoughts into your mind. When you are caught in a trap, you can't get set free without help, and that's why it's called a trap. It kind of puts me in remembrance of when I was growing up. The Lord's been bringing a lot of these remembrances back to me lately. But he reminded me as I was putting this message together about my brother Ray, who has gone home to be with the Lord many years ago. As a matter of fact, he was a pastor. And my brother Ray and I, we were very close. We worked together on a farm. I was raised on a farm. And my brother Ray and I, we were very close. He was a year or two older than I was. And we would build, we would build rabbit boxes in the wintertime. We'd build these rabbit boxes and we would go and place these rabbit boxes into woods. And, and what we would do, we would take a little bit of apple and we would rub it around the door of the rabbit boxes. And then we would prop up the door with a stick. And then when the rabbit would stick his head in to get the food, then the trap door would come down on him and he couldn't get loose. And that's what Satan does to you when he gets you to say things that you shouldn't. Are you hearing me? He's the one that is getting you. He's working through your flesh. God works through your spirit. Satan works through your flesh. Are you hearing me? And that's what he does. Saint, someone that, someone has to set you free from the trap that your mouth gets you into or you're going to remain in that trap. James 3 in verse 7 says, People can tame all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles and fish. He says, And personally, I don't know much about snakes, except that I'm afraid of them. My son-in-law, however, Monty, he's not afraid of snakes. As a matter of fact, when he and my daughter were married, he had several in a cage. I did not come near that, that room. Uh, he used to take this bow constrictor out and play with it. However, I do understand enough about snakes to know that there are some snakes, like rattlesnakes, that are poisonous. But there are also non-poisonous snakes that can be tamed, such as a corn snake or a king snake. I believe the picture James had in mind when he wrote James 3 and 8, the verse says, But the tongue no man can tame. He says, it is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9 says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. So blessing, he says, and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. And surely, he says, my brothers and sisters, he says, this is not right. He said, when we understand the full meaning of the Greek words used in verse 8, it powerfully 
depicts the problem of the tongue. It compares the tongue that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit to a ready-to-strike, nervous, and poisonous snake. The only one that can help you tame your tongue is the Holy Spirit himself. The word tame is from the Greek word that means to domesticate, to subdue, to tame, or to bring under control. I do have some good news for you this morning, however, because Jesus is that someone. We need someone to help us, but Jesus is that someone who wants to set you free from your trap. Yes, your trap, your mouth, the words that come out of your mouth. I'm sure that most of you have heard this expression, shut your trap. Why don't you just shut your trap? And this is what I'm saying this morning. Sometimes we're going to have to shut our traps. Sometimes we're just going to have to put a zipper on it. Sometimes we're going to have to put a Band-Aid on it. We're going to have to put a a zipper on it, whatever is necessary. But we're going to have to keep that trap shut. Because that's how the enemy is using you. That's how he's destroying you, by keeping that trap going. Are you hearing me? He wants to teach you. Jesus wants to teach you how to think like him so what you say will sound like him and set you free. Saints, have you ever felt stabbed in the back by someone who repeated secret information that you had shared with them? How did you feel when you realized that person had betrayed his commitment to keep the information confidential? Has there ever been a time when you were guilty of repeating something that someone shared with you, trusting that you would keep it in confidence, trusting that the person that you were confided in would keep what you were telling them in confidence? Or have you ever been guilty of listening to someone who was gossiping about someone else? I know I've been guilty in the past on both of these accounts, as I'm sure some of you, most of you in here have. If you've got a mouth, I'm sure you have. Maybe some of you have been guilty too. You may ask, Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because it's one of the big hindrances to your answered prayers and because the Lord wants me to. Mainly I do it because the Lord wants me to. He has a purpose for everything that he does. So what is the answer? You might ask, what is the solution to this? Saints, when people start to run at the mouth, you've you've heard that expression, people just running at the mouth, running off at the mouth all the time. And that expression is implying that you don't know what you're talking about. Because if you're running off at the mouth, normally... You're doing it out of the flesh, and you're not really aware of what you're talking about. So when, when people start to run at the mouth and repeat information that isn't theirs to tell, we need to be brave enough to simply tell them, excuse me, but this conversation makes me uncomfortable, and I don't think I want to be a part of it. Saints, your mouth is one of the biggest hindrances to receiving from heaven. Proverbs eleven thirteen said, a gossip betrays a confidence but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. But you know, God has called us, He's called us believers to build each other up. He's called us to encourage each other according to 1 Thessalonians 5.11. The only way that our tongues can be subdued, tamed, and brought under control is if we submit it to the control of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? I did not start out to teach on the tongue this way. However, the Lord has led me this way. Because of the way believers dishonor and disrespect Him, 
with our mouths, our words. He is unable to help you. And I'm going to say this again because of the way the believers are dishonored and having disrespect for God with their mouths and their words. He is unable to help you. The Lord impressed upon me how His children dishonor His house of worship by not showing Him respect and by not showing Him honor. Never has there been a greater time in history when the people are not respecting God. They don't respect anybody. They don't respect their parents. They don't respect the elders. They don't expect God. Of all people, if you don't respect anybody, you need to respect your Creator. Amen. He says, my people don't have no respect for me. They have no honor for me. And I won't get into the ways that you're disrespecting Him and dishonoring Him, but you know what they are. The Lord says you know in your heart how you have been disrespecting Him and how you have not been honoring Him. I don't need to stand up here and point Him out to you. Think about what I've just said. Now I'm going to get into the part that I started out to minister on. How you are trapped by your tongue. Saints, if you want to live and not die, if you want to prosper in all you do and have the works of your hands blessed and be healed in your bodies, then you're going to have to learn to think like Jesus and train your tongue to speak only as he speaks. In other words, you're going to have to submit that tongue of yours to the Holy Spirit. And once you learn to think like him, then you're going to be singing King David's song. And King David says in Psalms 124, verse 7 and 8, David said, Thank you, Lord that you did not let them sink their teeth into us. He said, we escaped like a bird caught in a hunter's trap. The trap was broken, he says, and we escaped. He said, our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Saints, when, we were, when you were born again, your spirit was recreated. Most of you are aware of this. And you received the nature and the very life of God. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he said, Any man be in Christ, he is a new creature altogether. However, your mind has held your spirit, man, in captivity because it is the same old mind. It isn't recreated like your spirit. So you receive a new spirit, but you do not get a new recreated mind. That only comes by renewing your mind daily on the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Your mind has to be renewed to God's way of thinking. And by the way, you did not receive just a portion of God either when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you were born again, He filled you with everything He's got. Amen. You did not, he did not give himself in little bits and pieces. I hear people always talking about God filling me up, filling me up. But if he filled you up, if, if, you're, if you're having to ask God to fill you up more, then you need to get born again. If you're born again, you've got all God's got to give you. Maybe we're not using it, but we got it. It's in us. His whole spirit is living on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus is living on the inside of us. We are one with him. So he didn't, he didn't give of himself in bits and pieces. We became one with Christ Jesus as He is one with the Father. It says in John 17, 20, Jesus said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. He's, in other words, believe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and King, and, uh, and uh, John, all of them. 
He said, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Praise God. You know, another thing, it amazes me how many people are always singing songs saying, I want more of God. When all we have to do to have more of God is by spending time in His Word and in His presence. Amen. We sing about these things. As a matter of fact, the Lord revealed to me a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing a message for uh, the conference last week. I was looking at Facebook, which is something I don't do very often. And I noticed all these spiritual, whatever you call them, on, on the Facebook. You know, people are so handy about, I, I think there must be a site to where people are able to go and grab hold of these sayings and, and paste them on the Facebook. And the Lord said, you know, this would be wonderful if they would do what they're posting. Amen. They're posting them for everybody else. It's kind of like this morning. You might be sitting in here listening to this message and wishing that somebody else came with you to hear this. But he brought you here and those that are listening online this morning to hear what he has to say. So focus on ourselves. We need to focus on ourselves. And like I said, this message is just as much for me as it is anybody else. All we need to have more of God is just by spending more time in his presence. As I said before, you are trapped by the words of your own mouth and you're called by your own promise, according to Proverbs 6, 2. Saints, the devil is holding you in captivity today, even though you have been bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians six twenty. God paid a high price for us and he wants us to glorify him and not be enslaved to the world. We should be walking free, walking in power, and authority instead of walking around no better off than the unbelievers. 99%, at least 90, I'll say 95% of all believers are in just as bad a shape, if not worse, than the unbeliever. And that is not, that should not be that way. But we have to stop eating off of other people's plates, feeding off of other people's plates, and get in the word for ourselves. And know what God says. I, I took, my grandson took me out to lunch the other day. And I really didn't have time to go, but I don't get that opportunity very often. And, and I thought, I, 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 told, I wasn't going to go, and I told David, I'm going to go with Jackson. He's 20. He's going to take me out to lunch. He is always asking me questions about the Lord. And so I'm trying to answer him. And he was asking me some pretty deep questions. And I tried my best to answer as the Lord gave. I answered him based on the scriptures. And then I gave him some long stories in the scriptures of how this came to be. You know, and he said, Gigi, they call me Gigi. <laughs> Gigi, that, that, that's a good, great story. I said, well, Jackson, it's not just a story, honey. That's what really actually happened. And he was asking me some other things. And I said, you know, I said, do you have a Bible? Because I know, I said, do you go to church anymore? Because I know at one time he was going. He said, not very much anymore, Gigi. He said, I really can't find a church that I like. And I said, well, what are you looking for? You know, I said, you need to find a church that's teaching the word of God. You know, that's all you need, just a church that's preaching the gospel. And I said, the Lord will take care of the rest. 
And as we continued talking, we were leaving. I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, no. I said, well, I tell you what, all the questions that you ask me are in it. And I said, I think that maybe the New Living Translation might be a good one for you because you need to really understand what you're reading. I said, there's other good translations too. The, I said, the New King James is good. The King James sometimes is hard to understand, especially for a new somebody that don't know the Lord. And I said, I'm going to order you one and send you one. And then I got to thinking, I bet I got an extra Bible. And so I had an extra New Living Translation. And I said, you don't mind having my name on it, do you? He said, no, ma'am. I said, I want you to read this Bible. It's full of all the answers. And then later on, one of the questions that he asked me, I text him the scripture where he could find it. I said, this is where you'll find that question, the answer to that question, because he couldn't understand why certain things happened this way and that way, you know. And like I said, I won't even go into some of the questions he asked me, but some of them, like I said, were pretty deep. But he thinks that he, his, he, for his conversation first started out, well, I don't really feel that way. I don't really think that way, you know, and I don't know why that happens this way and that way. And, and so what he's doing is he's giving you, like most people do, their experiences and what they think. They're not giving you what God's Word says. They're giving you what they've been told, what they've been listening to, and whether we're aware of it or not, our children, not only our, our children but adults, are being more brainwashed every day by what they're listening to and what they're watching. And to our children even more are being taught in the schools today things that are just astronomical that would just blow your mind if you knew about some of the things that the children are being taught in the schools these days. It is not good. They are being brainwashed. You'd think we lived in Russia somewhere. But they only teach them what they want them to know. But unless the parents... And I know like a friend of ours, Natasha, just went back to California. She has a six-year-old. She watches, she checks everything she watches. She checks it out before she lets her watch it. She, she gets her into Word every day. We, as parents, the Lord has put the, and this is not my message, but as parents, the Lord has put these children, given them to us as a gift. And as gifts, we need to take care of them, our children and our grandchildren, you know. And I believe that, you know, like I said, I, I really believe that that was a divine luncheon with my grandson. I believe he'll read the Bible. He's a very smart young man, and he will read the Bible, and I, I believe it's going to make, I know it's going to make a difference in his life. When he begins to read, he's going to get those answers that he was so craving. They're not coming from me. They're coming from the Lord himself. But like I said, we should be walking in power and we should be walking in the authority instead of walking around no better off. God's children shouldn't be just as sick and just as broke and just as, just as broken and broke as the non-believer. Do you want to be free? Do you want to escape the devil's trap? Saints, then you're going to have to learn how to control your mouth. If you can control your mouth, if you read in the book of James about, I ha I'm not going to preach on all that this morning, but if you'll road and read the book of James about the rudder in the ship's mouth and the horses and the bit's mouth and the, the tongue that's like a fire, you know, that sets on fire, many things. What he is saying here in so many words, if you can change the way, change the, your tongue, you can change the health in your body. 
you can change your financial situations. If you will change your tongue and get, get line your tongue up, if you'll just change the way your tongue goes, then everything else, it's, it's the tongue that brings everything else into place. The Bible says your tongue is only just a small, it's just a small member of your body, but yet it guides the whole body. So he's saying here, if you can line your tongue up and get control over your tongue, then you have control over everything else in your body and in your life, including your health and your finances. Are you hearing me? He says in 1 Peter 3.10 in the voice translation, it says, if you love life, and want to live a good long time, then be careful what you say. Don't tell lies or spread gossip or talk about improper things. In order to control your words, you first must learn to control your thoughts. And there's only one way that you can do that. And like I said before, and that's renewing your mind by the Word of God according to Romans 12, 2 and 1. God's Word is your weapon. It is your answer. It is the only way the only way that you can control your mouth to bring forth the wealth that you're seeking, the health that you're desiring, and the prosperous life that you're seeking after. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Find out what belongs to you and put the devil on notice. Are you hearing me? And begin taking back what he has stolen from you. According to Proverbs 6.31, he says if you can identify the thief... He will have to return it to you seven times over. The Lord put that verse in my remembrance back in the early 2000s, five or six, when I was asking him for something that the enemy has stolen from me. He gave me that verse, and I, began, I wrote it down, and I began to stand on it, and I began to list what he had stolen from me and what I was wanting back. And everything that he stole back from me, I've gotten it back a hundred times over. Not seven but a hundred times over. Everything, everything that is going on in your life and your family and your circumstances is in complete relationship to your mouth. You're probably not aware of this, but there are spirits that follow your words and ride on those words. When you find, when you find that things are not working the way you would like for them to be working, in other words, Maybe you're praying and you're asking God for certain things and things just aren't working out the way you want to. Then the first thing you're going to need to do is ask yourself what you've been saying. You're going to have to check this. Because this, this will prevent it. It will prevent it. It's not God that's holding back on you. It's this. You can't praise God like he said Blessings and cursings are coming out both sides of your mouth. And it shouldn't be that way. When you pray and ask the Lord for something, believe you receive it that very moment that you pray for it. But that very moment, that very moment, not when you see it, but when you pray. And then you just start praising God and praising Him until you get the result that you're asking for. Whatever it is, if it's health in your body, you, you just keep on praising Him and thanking God. If it's healing in your body, then you just, if you have to say it a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand times for two weeks, two months, two years, what's the difference? You just keep thanking God. God, thank you for healing my body. God, thank you for meeting my needs. 
Thank you, God. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, that you are my provider, that you are my healer, whatever that is, just stand on the praises. But you cannot change your tune. You cannot tomorrow pray today, get your healing today, or get your finances need met. You've got to start believing that you get it before you see it. If you're waiting to see it, you'll never get it. It doesn't work that way. He didn't say that. He said, believe you receive it. Consider it done. Consider it done. And since you're considered, men have been raised from their deathbeds by considering it done. You know, let me throw this in. A lot of people, when you're praying, thinks, and I've heard people say this, if we could just get enough people praying, if we could just gather up enough people and get them praying, then we could get this prayer answered. But that's not true. The more people you got praying for you, the more opportunity there is for unbelief to get in. Because everybody don't believe the way you believe. And everybody's not going to be speaking what you're speaking. It's better to have one person that will come into agreement with you, that believes with you, and trust that you trust, that will continue to come into agreement with you for whatever that is, than to have multitudes of people praying for you. It's not the multitudes. It's just, uh, if you've got to, re you've got to re believe it, did you receive it the moment that you ask? Praise God. It's not the multitude of people that's going to cause it to happen. As a matter of fact, they can hinder it. Hallelujah. Be careful. Be careful. Don't put on Facebook. And everybody pray for me. Prayer's good. I'm not saying prayer's not good. But everybody ain't thinking like you. Everybody's not filled with the same Holy Spirit that you are. Everybody's not going to come into agreement with you. When you put that on there, you don't know what they're going to say. And they can curse you with their words. The Bible says you, you're cursed or you're blessed by the words you're speaking. So don't depend on thousands of people. And I, I don't have time to go into the story to give you proof of that, but it's happened. I know it's happened. People just near death that thousands of people prayed for. I mean... Thousands of people. And I know I heard Brother Hagin said, you know, this one person, you know, they had Smith Wigglesworth prayed for, uh, uh, Charles Price prayed for, um, Raymond T. Ritchie prayed for, everybody great hands laid on them and had everybody prayed for them, you know, thousands of people praying for them. He still got sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker on his deathbed. And it wasn't until later when he realized that he had to receive it. He had to believe he received it and then just begin to praise God until it took place. And he did. And, he's, and he was alive. And he was alive. Otherwise, he would have died. A lot of people die believing God. You know why? Because they believe God is going to do something and he ain't. Pardon my French. He has already done it. Our God is not a future God. He is a right now God. So when you're asking for something, you say, God, I need it today. Now, now is the day of the Lord. But now, he says, Jesus said, today is the day of the Lord. Now is the day of the Lord. Now, not tomorrow. Don't, don't go around saying, God is going to bless me. You're already blessed. He's already provided for you everything that you ever need. He's not going to it. 
He already has. So you need to change your language by, by saying he's going to and begin to say, thank you, God, that you've already, you heard my prayers. Thank you, God, that you hear me always and that you always answer me. Thank you, God, that you heard me, that you answered me. Thank you that I have it. I believe I have it. And Lord, I repent. Don't forget to repent. Lord, I repent. If when somebody prayed for me or I prayed and then I went around and spoke opposite of that, I repent of that, Lord, and I ask you to please forgive me. And this is, I, just, I, this is what I meant. And just pray. And now just stand on it and you'll see the change. You'll see the change. Hallelujah. You are going to get what you've been saying. There's no doubt about it. You're going to eat the fruit of your lips, according to Proverbs 13, 2. I've said this before, but it bears saying again. As long as you continue to tell, to talk like, you're going to have like. As long as you continue to confess, I can't do that, or you keep talking failure, you will experience failure and like. The same thing holds true for your health. You cannot continue to speak death and expect to be healthy. If you want to live, then you need to speak life and not death. And I'm going to say this. You can't continue to dishonor and be disrespectful to the things of God and expect Him to bless you, expect to hear from heaven. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. As long as you have dis, dis, disrespect him and dishonor him and his house, you know, Jesus got so upset, he went in there with whips. And he ran them all out. There's a lot of churches I'd like to go in this morning just said, run them all out. They would probably run me out too. Proverbs 9.29 says, Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for His glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. As we were so, as Amy and all them were so singing about this morning, just the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Hallelujah. Your words are going to become a blessing to you, as I said before, or a curse to you. Remember what I said earlier about spirits that follow your words and ride on them, and how the devil hears everything that you say. The same holds true for God's Word. There is a spirit that is following them too, and that's the Holy Spirit. In Psalms 103.20, he says, Bless the Lord, all His angels, you mighty beings, who carry out His plans, listening for each of His commands. And verse 21 says, Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve Him and do His will also. As a matter of fact, He tells us in Hebrews 1.14 that He has sent His angels as ministering spirits to minister to those that would be saints. So he, he has sent angels to help us. We are surrounded by angels. There's angels up here with me this morning. God gives me the courage and the boldness to speak what He gives me. And I've noticed, as even as Brother uh, Richard was saying earlier, the Lord has given me more and more and deeper and deeper words because His people are hurting and hurting and hurting and they don't know why they're suffering. Most, most everybody, a lot of them are because they're either not getting into word at all or what they're listening to is false doctrine. And everybody, nobody wants to teach the truth. 
They want to teach something that makes you feel good. Well, feeling good is not going to help you next week when the devil slaps cancer on your body or when he comes in there and puts, takes your home away. It ain't going to help you. It's only the truth from God's Word that is going to help you. None of that stuff is going to help you. It might make you feel good for a few minutes. It's kind of like when you do something wrong. Maybe somebody made you mad and you feel like, well, I get, I, it, it may not do any good, but it all feel better. No, you won't. That's the flesh talking. That's the devil talking through you. As soon as you do it, you regret it. You didn't feel good at all. You, we are the ones that are to give voice to his word. He uses our voice. So what are your words saying? Is your voice agreeing with his word? Do you want his angels to bring about what you say or bring about what God says? According to Jeremiah 1.12, God himself is performing his word. And that being true, we better get control of our tongues and start speaking his word and not our own words. You're going to have to be like a David, as I said earlier, and bridle your tongue. You're going to set a guard. David said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips in Psalms 141.3. You know, it's hard to change the way we think. I know that. Personally, I know that. Because our minds have been programmed since birth to think like the world thinks. But we can do it. I know that we can do it. It's going to take some work and some effort on our part, but we can do it. We can do it with the Word of God. Saints, the secret to winning your battles is to use the Word of God to fight for you. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you according to His Word from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. And you find that in Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything that you do. And he will fill your storehouses with grain. And the Lord God will bless you in the land that he's given you. You see, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, when you do things his way, he will do your fighting for you. In Revelations 4.11, in the English Standard Version, it says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. He says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. In other words, the Lord himself will fight for you. He says, just stay calm. And once you give it to the Lord, you need, please, please listen. Once you give it to the Lord, you must be quiet and let him handle it for you. You cannot continue to go around talking about it to everybody that you know. You can't call all your neighbors and all your friends and relatives and ask them what to do. In closing, let me remind you of a couple of things. If God is going to fight your battle, then you're going to have to give it over to him and then go about your business knowing that it's taken care of. That's basically what I was saying earlier Believe that you receive. When you pray, believe. That's what Mark eleven twenty three is all about. He said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, 
he shall have whatsoever he saith. He didn't say whatsoever he prayeth. He said whatsoever you saith. When you, knowing that it's taken care of, that's called faith. That's what faith's called. Faith is believing that when you pray that you've heard and you just go on about your business and let him have, and let him do the work. It works the same way if you're sick and need to be healed or if you're in debt and need a miracle. You pray. You find God's word on what you need and you begin to wield the sword, the sword of the Spirit. Your sickness is a battle that he's already won by sending his son Christ Jesus according to 1 Peter 2.24. Your finances work the same way. However, the Lord will provide for you because he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He became this in Genesis 22. Saints, this is when he provided the lamb for Abraham that was called in the thickets. He, he was named Jehovah Jireh, God's provider. Regardless of what you've heard or what you think, it does matter what you say, regardless of what anybody says. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips, according to Proverbs 16.23. Don't be trapped by your words another day. Don't be snared by your own tongue. Today is your day to be set free. First Timothy 1.17 To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for the word that you have blessed me with and honored me with to share with the sheep today. I thank you, God, for all those listening online. I thank you, Lord, for all those that hear in Cape Henry that listen in person. I thank you, Lord, today as I spoke that you anointed their ears afresh. I thank you, God, that you opened up the eyes of their hearts to receive the word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, above all things of everything that I have said today. The most important thing that I believe that I have said today is that they don't forget who their father is. That they will honor the house of the Lord and they will honor you with everything in them and they will love you with all their hearts and all their minds and they will honor and respect you in everything that you're doing and that they will never be disrespectful to anything pertaining to you, Lord. But they will give you, they will not be like, I pray God that all those listeners will not be like the Israelites. They, you gave them so much, brought them so far. But yet, there's so many people that have, you have already done so many miracles in their lives, but they have a short memory, Lord. I pray those that you have already done the miracles and blessed them in so many ways, Lord, that you will quicken it back to their memory today and that they can fall back on those, remember, those memories of all the past things as David did when he was calling forth the things that he had done when he went to slew the giant. Goliath, that when they're praying, Lord, today and asking for whatever their needs are to be met, that they that you will bring back to their remembrance. You said that the Holy Spirit will help us to recall and bring back to our remembrance the things that we can't. So I pray today, Lord, for their, that you will bless the ones in here this day and that you will bring back to their remembrance and help them recall past victories in their lives. Past victories, Lord. 
so that when they come up for another miracle, another victory, that they will not have any problem receiving it. But above all, Lord, help us to always remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and that you change not. And just as you were in those days, so are you now, even more so, because we have you living on the inside of us, your Holy Spirit living us, guiding us. I pray, Lord, those that heard the word today will begin to submit their tongues to the Holy Spirit and ask him to help them to put a bridle on their tongue and watch what they say. And I pray, Lord, that when someone comes up to them that is a tailbearer carrying something, Lord, I pray that you would gently hit them, tap them on the shoulder to remind them, be brave, be brave, and walk away. You, you honor God when you do this. Know that you honor God when you do this. And Lord, I just thank you for all your blessings over everyone. First in Jesus' name I pray, amen.